Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are studying the Prophet Jeremiah, Yirmiyahu, chapter 26. In chapter 25, uh, we read how the prophecy was directed at all of the nations of the world uh, for not learning the proper lessons that they should have learned from what happened to Judah, from what happened to the people of Judah. They got destroyed because of their corruption. They got destroyed because their temple, their rituals, and so on was not the answer to saving themselves from God's wrath, but rather the answer was improving their behavior, improving their moral character, being better people. They didn't learn that lesson and they got destroyed. And they got destroyed by another nation who came and conquered them, the Babylonians and the Chaldeans. And all the other nations responded by fighting with one another, war against one another. And rather than improving themselves, they ended up at the same fate of destruction. Destruction begets destruction and so on without learning the lesson that they were supposed to learn. <clears throat> now chapter 26, which actually, at least chronologically, preceded chapter 25 um, by several years. Chapter 25 was in the fourth year of the reign of the king Yehoiakim, who was the king who followed Josiah, Yoshio. Josiah died at the hands of the um, army of the Egyptian pharaoh at the Battle of Megiddo. Josiah was a righteous king. His son Yehoiakim was not a righteous king. And the previous um, chapter occurred in the fourth year of his reign. This one we'll find out in a minute. Let's read verse 1. In the beginning, at the start of the reign of the king Yehoiakim, the son of Josiah, Yoshiahu, the king of Judah, occurred this following occurrence and uh, Jeremiah heard this following prophecy from God he heard this prophecy which stated as follows so if we think about this um, um, after the death of, Jos of Yoshiahu it's Maybe, maybe at this point, even though it's presumably Yirmiyahu, Jeremiah knew the quality of this person wasn't the greatest, was not like his father. However, maybe at this point he still had some hope left in him that maybe, maybe his son will follow in his father's pathways. Maybe there is hope to save the people. Um, Unfortunately, he was to learn otherwise. And let's see verse 2. So says God. This is God's instruction to me, Jeremiah. Stand in the, in the uh, courtyard of the house of God, of the temple. And I want you to speak regarding all of the cities of Judah. All of them who come to bow in the house of God in the temple. And this is what I want you to tell them. All of these things all of these things that I have commanded you to speak to them, do not leave anything out. It is kind of unusual that God has to tell him don't leave anything out as if there were other times that Jeremiah might have left things out. Or maybe this is, uh, the commentaries don't say much about this um, 
other than just to emphasize how important it is to convey this message, even though this is a scary message, something that he might he might not say because he's kind of afraid of what the reaction is going to be, as we'll see in a minute, the reaction was not very good. But, but God warns him, do not leave out the, a word. And he tells him to speak to the people at the temple, those that are coming to the temple. Specifically, seemingly, these are the people that maybe there's a chance to turn them around. These are people that are at least outwardly acting in a spiritual way, outwardly coming to God. Maybe, maybe there's some hope with them. Ulai um, Yishmu, uh, because maybe God says, maybe they will listen. If you give them this message, maybe each man will repent from his bad ways. And then I, can, I will change my mind regarding the evil, regarding the punishment that I am right now considering doing to them because of the evil deeds, their evil ways. So I'm thinking about doing these terrible things to them. Maybe if you give them this message, maybe they will change, maybe they will repent, maybe they will become better people. That was verse 3. I just want to point out, obviously, um, if you recall back chapter 7, there's a very similar language, very similar chapter where God asked Jeremiah to stand in the in the entranceway to the temple and to tell the people that are coming to change their ways um, and and so on. Over there, Jeremiah was even more specific where he was saying, God does not want you just to come to the temple to bow and to say words of praise to God. This is the house of God, the house of God, and so on. But what God really wants from you is to treat the orphan and the widow properly, to treat each other honestly, to mend your ways, to follow the ways of the Torah. This is a very similar passage here in 20, chapter 26, um, and a similar message, a little bit less explicit as to the issues, but the same basic idea. Verse 4, And I want you to speak to them in my name, God tells Jeremiah, If you do not listen to me, to go according to my teachings, to my Torah, that I have put in front of you. I have given you the instructions. I have told you clearly what I want. If you don't listen, to listen to the words of my servants, the true prophets, that I have, that I have sent to you. Over these past several hundred years, I have sent to you prophets to teach you the right way. Those of you that have been studying with me in this podcast have heard from many of these prophets already. Vihash came, and I have done this in a persistently vishaloach veloshimatem, and I was persistently sending these people to you, but you have still not listened. So if you don't listen, what is the result going to be? Vinotati, I will. Um, I will place this house Kishilo at Abayit Hazek Kishilo, like the tabernacle that was at Shiloh that was also destroyed by the Philistines, the tabernacle that preceded the first temple. It was destroyed by them because of the people's evil ways. Vietoir Hazot and this city attain Liklolo. I will make it for a curse. Lechol Goyehares to all of the nations of the land. I would like to point out. Remember, this is just after Jeremiah 25 where we learned that the people of the world learned the wrong lessons from Jerusalem. 
they they the the lessons that the 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 people of Jerusalem acted in ways that were corrupt, in ways that did not give justice to the poor, and so on, and therefore ended in destruction. The people also learned those lessons. They were also corrupt, and they also ended up in destruction. And each one destroyed each other. That's what we just saw in chapter 25. This is the opposite of what God wanted. What God wanted was for the people to be an exemplary um, uh, nation that would teach people the proper way. That if we are just, and we are kind, and we are honest, and we do listen according to the Torah that God has given before us, then the people around us will then be blessed by us. This is this was the point, that people would then be blessed. The other nations would learn the right way to live, and they would all enjoy the, the love of God, and the bounty, and the greatness that would come from that. But instead, no, instead you chose otherwise, and instead you're going to end up being uh, a curse. Uh, for all the other nations of the land. So then, um, he gives this speech, this is verse 7, and the uh, priests and the prophets, and these are the false prophets, that are telling the people not to worry, and they're telling the people all you need to do is the rituals, and the entire group of people, the nation that was standing there at Yermio, they heard the words of Jeremiah, speaking these words in the house of God. Now, it's, pay attention closely to these groups. There's the priests and the prophets who are the religious leaders. These are the ones that stand to benefit from the, from the uh, temple culture, the culture of those who think that what God wants is rituals in the temple. People will keep bringing their offerings. People will keep bringing their money and their donations. These are the the religious leaders, and I say religious in, in quotation marks, because they are falsely leading the people to believe that it is the temple that God wants. It is the temple that is going to protect them. It is the temple that rituals that are that 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 are going to appease God, and these are the ones that stand to benefit from the system as is. And they stand to lose the most from what the message that Jeremiah is teaching, that it is not the temple ritual that's going to save them, but it's the people being better, the people improving themselves, it's the people growing and, and learning and, and, and being better people. So when they heard when they heard Jeremiah speaking these words, now I'm at verse 8, so it was as soon as he finished speaking, as soon as he finished speaking those words that God had commanded him to speak to the whole nation, immediately, then the priests and the prophets those supposed religious leaders immediately grabbed him and they sang, most almost you should die. Because in their view, they're saying, these leaders, these religious leaders are saying, look, he's blaspheming the temple. He's saying that God is going to destroy the temple. How, how, could that, how could he say such a thing? The temple is holy. Look at all the rituals and things that we're doing here. How could he possibly say that the temple is going to be destroyed? Madua, this is verse 9. How could you possibly have said a prophecy in the name of God saying that that this house, this temple will be destroyed just like the tabernacle of Shiloh was? 
Arab Main Yoshevan that this city will be destroyed with no more unliving here anymore. How could you say such a thing? It sounds like blasphemy. These religious leaders are saying this is a holy, holy, holy place. How could you possibly say such a thing? You deserve death for saying something like that. And the entire nation surrounded your Mio like a mob about to attack him in the house of God. And then the officers, these are the other group, these are the, the officers of the king, the ones of the political leadership or, the, or even the police, so to speak, those that enforce the king's laws. They heard and saw what's going on. Now what are we going to do? So they heard about it and they left the house of the king. Beit Adonai to go towards the house of the temple. These are the these are the officials. These are the ones that are coming to now enforce the law, and they were then stood in the opening in the entranceway, the new entranceway, uh, that gateway towards the the the, the 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 temple. So this is what's about to happen. You have a mob. You have the officials imagining the soldiers, the police coming in to keep the peace. And the people are are, are, are are surrounding Jeremiah and calling for his death. So what happens? Let's look at verse um, at verse eleven. Um, Vayomru hakohanim vihanaviim el hasorim el are the religious leaders, the ones who were calling for the death of Jeremiah, the ones who again stood the most to lose for if if Jeremiah's message would be heeded and the most to gain by keeping the status quo. They then spoke El Hasorim to the officers, Viel Kolam, and to the entire mob, Lamar saying as follows, Mishpat Moveslo This person deserves death. Why? Like you heard with your own ears that he was saying prophecy about the destruction of this holy city. Verse 12, Vayomer Yirmiyoh, but then Yirmiyoh said El Kol Hasorim, he said to the officers and the mob, mind you, take note, to the officers and the mob, not to the priests and the and the supposed false prophets. He looked to the mob and he looked to the officers, Lamar, and saying as follows, Adonai Shulachani, this is not true. I am not speaking anything. It is God who has sent me, Lehina Ve'ela Bayez Hazeh, to say prophecy regarding this house, this temple, and regarding this holy city. All of those things that you heard, those weren't my words. Those were the words of God. Those were the words that He spoke. And now, listen to these words. And He again addresses the nation. This time also addresses the officers. You must improve your ways and improve your acts, improve your deeds. Listen to what God is telling you. I am telling you the words of God. Listen to them. What you need to do is improve. What you need to do is be better. Then That is the only way to prevent the the punishments that God spoke about you. Not by bringing more sacrifices. Not by appeasing these corrupt religious leaders, these priests and prophets that are leading you astray. Va'ani, as for me and for my own status, I don't care what you do with me. Hinani v'yadchem. I put myself in your hands, he tells to the officers, Asuli katov v'chayashor b'nechem. Whatever you think is right and just, go ahead and do it to me. 
I am here as a messenger of God. What you decide to do with me is immaterial. Ah, however, you should know, he says in verse 14, you need to know and understand that if what you decide to do is to execute me, in other words, you decide to listen to these corrupt religious leaders that are leading you in the wrong direction and, it's, and you follow their, their guidance and decide to kill me, all you are killing, you are putting the responsibility of the death of an innocent man upon yourselves. And upon this entire city will be then be guilty of allowing the death of me as an innocent man. And those who live within it. Why? Because in truth, the truth is that it is not me speaking by myself, but rather, it is God who has sent me to you, to speak to you, all of these things. So now, the officers and the nation have heard Jeremiah's speech, they have heard his defense. So now they turned, they turned to these religious leaders, the priests and the prophets, who were leading the charge to kill Jeremiah, and they say, don't say that this man has upon him the a decree of death this is, that it would not be just he should not die we know that he is speaking in the name of Hashem Eloheinu the Lord our God this is very important they accept they say upon themselves our God this is he is speaking in the name of our God not the God of the temple not the God of the priests and the prophets but ours the God of the nation he is speaking and giving us control to change things for the better. The people realized and they learned from Jeremiah's speech and from his honesty and they knew that what he was saying was the truth. And then they stood up, men, from the elders, those that remembered the old days, and they said to all of the gathered people as follows, his words, these are not new words, he's right. These messages that he said God has been sending us prophets has been happening for years and years and years and generations. The prophet Micah from Maresha, who we studied together, uh, those that have been with me on this podcast, we studied together. This is verse 17. He also He was saying prophecy during the days of Hezekiah, the king of Judah. The, the ancestor of the current king Yehoiakim, by Yomer, and he said, I'll call Amihuda Lamar. He said to the entire nation as follows, call Maradonai Tzvoso, says God, Tzion that Zion Tzodet Techoresh will be plowed up like a field of Yerushalayim, Iyimtiyeh, and Jerusalem will become piles of ruins, and the Temple Mount will become like a, 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 a like a, like an altar in the middle of a forest, in the middle of nowhere, its complete destruction is going to come. Remember, Micah said these almost exact same words. This is almost a perfect quote of what we had in Micah 3.11 and 3.12. If you recall correctly, and this is very important, over there, Micah was criticizing the corruption of the priests and the prophets themselves. And that was what Micah was criticizing in 3.11. And therefore, he said in 3.12, because of the corruption of these religious leaders that are in it only for themselves and aren't interested in teaching the people to act properly, to be proper, therefore Zion will be destroyed. This very message, this very message that that Jeremiah is teaching us now, 
the 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 leadership of the people is now looking at at the mob and saying no he's saying the same message that Micah taught us generations ago he's saying the same message that following these corrupt leaders is not the way but the way is to be better they said they continued in their speech in verse 18 did Hezekiah the king of Judah did he kill Micah for saying these words no did he go uh, and did the entire nation go and kill him? No. They had fear of God. What they did was they listened to his message. In the days of Hezekiah, Hezekiah listened to his message. They prayed to God and they went and they tried to improve themselves and be better. And they tried to, which is why in the days of Hezekiah they were saved. Over there, they were about to be destroyed by the armies of Assyria, but God saved them because the people turned back to Him. And now, we, well, we, if we go ahead and listen to the words of these corrupt leaders, we are going to bring a terrible evil upon ourselves. So these, these leaders... Um, they learn the message from Jeremiah. There is hope. They can lead the mob away from these corrupt leaders by reminding them that these messages of God have been consistent all the way back to the days of Micah and even before that. And that there was once a righteous king, Hezekiah, who did not kill him. However, then, and this verse 19 is... is, 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 um, is, is uh, often assumed to be... A, a response, um, a response to uh, to the the um, uh, a response of the religious leadership of the kohanim of the priests and the false prophets. So they felt the tide turning against them, and then they reminded the people, "Hey, yeah, that's true. That back then Hezekiah didn't kill Micah." But there was another dude, there was another uh, a prophet who said similar things. And let let me remind you what happened to him. There was a guy, there was a man who was saying true prophecies in the name of God. His name was Uriyahu, the son of Shimayahu. And he was from the town of Kiryat Yearim. And he also said prophecy about this city and about this land just like Jeremiah is saying that we needed to repent, that we needed to become better, that we needed to improve ourselves in order to prevent destruction. And what did the king do to him? He heard about that message. And all of his, his mighty soldiers heard about it. And all the officers heard his words. And the king wanted to kill him. And Uriah heard this news. And he was afraid. And he ran from Jerusalem. And he ran to try to escape to Egypt. Now Egypt had um, had uh, had alliances at this time. Kind of almost ruled over Judah. So the king Yehoiakim sent messengers on Hashem Mitzrayim. He sent his men down to Egypt. Who were they? Eight El Natan ben Achbar, led by delegation was led by one of his uh, uh, diplomats, El Natan, the son of Achbar, on Hashem Ito, and other men along with him El Mitzrayim to Egypt. 
they extradited Uriah from Egypt. And they brought him back to the king Yehoiakim. And he struck him down by sword. And he threw his body out into the common people's graves, the graveyard where the common people laid. So now the they are saying yes, the the the, the corrupt um, religious leadership, the priests. And the false prophets are now saying to the people, yeah, it's true. Back then, Micah, they didn't do anything. But look what Jehoiakim did to Uriah. And we got rid of him. And we should get, therefore get rid of this guy, Jeremiah, too. And suddenly this, the mood of the mob changed. They said, yeah, that's true. We should get rid of Jeremiah. So the people that tried to sway the people's hearts away have now been unsuccessful. Again, the corrupt religious leadership comes and 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 moves in. However, ach, however, uh, and by the way, this Uriah, this what this prophet who was killed, it, it is uh, the rabbinic tradition as quoted by by Rashi in Isaiah chapter eight. Um, in Isaiah chapter eight, God asked Isaiah to write down a prophecy, and He asked him to bring his student Uriah to sign off, to sign off on this prophecy. So uh, Rashi identifies that Uriah as the same Uriah that was saying the prophecy here, which would have made him a pretty old man. If he was a student of Isaiah during the days of King Ahaz, who preceded King Hezekiah. So we're talking about a man that, so he would have been a, a young man at that time. At this time, during the days of the reigns of Jehoiakim, he would have been a very old man difficult to imagine that they're the same person, but such as there have been a tradition, he probably would have been, I don't know, you'd have to add up the years, but he would have been in the range of 100 years old when this happened. However, this is, uh, so other other scholars just assume that this is a different person. I just wanted to mention that tradition. So now you have the mob being swayed in one direction by the leaders who say, we, ha we have other traditions we know Jeremiah is speaking in the name of God. We've had other prophets speak it this way in the name of God. We need to improve ourselves. We need to do something. And then they have the religious leaders saying, no, let's kill him just like we killed Uriah and, and he deserves death. So, so one of the king's officers, one of the important officers of the king, name, his name was Achikam ben Shafan. Achikam ben Shafan was an important officer during the days of Josiah. Josiah was the father of the current king, Jehoiakim. He was so important that when Josiah needed help, he sent this Achikam to the prophetess, to the, to the woman prophet named Hulda, to get guidance. And Achikam brought back the guidance to Josiah from the prophetess, Hulda. And, and what was the message that he had heard from Hulda? The message was a message of... Um, of, 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 of improvement, a message that the people needed to improve themselves, a message that the people needed to, uh, uh, to heed the words of the Torah, to heed the instructions of God. Achikam ben Shafan was the one who brought that message from her, from the prophetess, back to King Josiah, who was a righteous king, and heard that message. Achikam ben Shafan was in this crowd. At this time, he would have been 
even a little older, he would have been a statesman, a man who who was who was a member of the king's court from the king's father's days, right? And this Achikam stood up to defend Jeremiah. If not for him, the mob would have killed him. Achikam ben Shaphan stood up to defend him. This is verse 23. Ach, however, Yad Achikam ben Shaphan, it was the hand of Achikam, the son of Shaphan, that came to support Yermiyahu. And thereby he, and presumably the men that were loyal to him, did not allow the crowd, um, did not allow him to be taken and given over to the crowd who wanted to take away uh, the life of Jeremiah, who wanted to kill him. This Achikam ben Shafan, who saved Jeremiah from the mob, also turns out to be the father of Gedaliah. Gedaliah was the governor who was left in place of Jerusalem um, by the Babylonians after the destruction of the temple. And Gedaliah was the last leader left. We know that he was a righteous man. Gedaliah was the son of this Achikam ben Shafan, of this royal official who saved Jeremiah's life in this episode. Thank you so much for studying Jeremiah 26. Looking forward to studying Jeremiah 27 together.